Steven Universe fans! Welcome back to the AfterBuzz TV Steven Universe After Show. We have nine episodes to talk about tonight, episodes 124 through 132, so let's get this show rolling. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Megan's idea, and Come I love on. it, and I love everyone in this bar, and poor Zircon. Oh my gosh. Could and you imagine what it must be like being a public defender on Homeworld? And she was assigned, and she, from what I could tell, was Blue Diamond Zircon, and the other one yep. was Yellow Diamond. So just, why are all of Yellow Diamond's gems so horrifyingly arrogant? I don't know. I kind of amazing. I don't know. Maybe it's because Blue Diamond has been moping for, for eons. <laughs> Yellow Diamond's been very proactive. Holy cow. All right. Well, let's get this rolling. Thank you guys for tuning in. We are the AfterBuzz TV Steven Universe After Show. We are covering episodes 124 through 132, which is, I believe, the end of season four and the beginning of season five. Lion 4 alternative ending. Dug out. The good Lars. Are you my dad? I am my mom. Stuck together. The trial. Off color. And Lars's head. Jeez. Wow. Didn't we have, like, two episodes to cover last time? Yes! (laughs) Let me tell you, rewatching all of these today for note-taking purposes was just like, this is one hell of a marathon and my emotions can't take it. And yet, it kind of makes sense because, like, uh, I think with the exception of Lion 4, like, all of these stories tie in together, starting from the stakeout. So with me, of course, I have the wonderful Megan Salinas. Hey guys, you can tweet at me at the Mengwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me all over the social medias at Kiaget. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. We have the hashtag ABTVSU. We have the live chat going up on YouTube. So if you've got something to say, if you've got questions, comments, jokes, whatever you've got, throw in the hashtag, throw in the live chat, you may well get a shout out. I feel like a couple of these episodes, we're going to have one or two things to say, and then there's a few that we're going to really want to talk about in depth. Yeah. So let's swing through the first Stephen Bomb first. Okay. I enjoyed Lion 4. It was cute. I thought, like, I mean, you really do dig into uh, Stephen's insecurity about, and what it's like being a kid who has a magical destiny. Like, it's not the way it is in a lot of fantasy movies and books. It's like, no, that kind of pressure can really weigh on somebody. And I like that the moral of the story is that he doesn't have a magical destiny. Yes, people expect great things of him based on his heritage, but he's not supposed to be anything. He's just a kid at the end of the day. And we do see that less magical destiny and more consequences yes. weighing on him for both Stephen Bombs, actually, or I guess we're calling the second one the movie. I don't know. Two Stephen Bombs. Let's roll with it. And we see him trying to take responsibility for what Rose Quartz did, which as a child, you should never have to take responsibility for your parents' actions. No. Full stop. Never. You're not actually them What they did is not your fault, especially if it's what they did centuries before you were born. Although most of us aren't going to have that problem with our parents. (laughs) It's going to be years, not centuries. But yeah, so seeing this being a running thread with Steven is interesting and also very heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, because this is kind of, we get, you know, I forget the name of the episode, but the episode where he's with Rose Quartz in the room. um, And he comes to the realization that like, you know, Rose didn't mean to burden him with all of the things she left behind, but he still feels a need to take it upon himself to deal with the aftermath. 
He's Her like, not being there doesn't mean that there is an aftermath. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's nice to see that he's not... He doesn't have a magical girl destiny. He doesn't have whatever. He's just supposed to be Steven. What stuck out to me is, especially after watching this latest Steven Bomb, going back and rewatching this and going, Oh, lion! Oh, lion! Oh, this is where he's from! Oh, hey, don't those two big pink spires look kind of like fingers? I really mm. think that Pink Diamond's handship is buried under that desert. Under all of that dirt and dust. Especially since we also saw, in flashback form, Rose Quartz with a pride of lions in that area. Why else would she be there? I have no idea. That's a good question. So there's, and we still have that chest that's in Lion's Mane that hasn't been opened, and there's still a lot in that trash heap, quote unquote, <laughs> that hasn't been gone through. So there's, there's going to be a lot where we will probably come back later to this episode and be like, oh, hey, the this was there. Oh, hey, the that was that. Oh, we're going back to this chest. But for now... Can I just say that I loved that he like a lot of this episode is him trying to find his purpose slash destiny and everything like that. And he basically comes to the conclusion when he's hit so many dead ends, the answers were inside me all, all along. along. Because and he, they were literally nowhere else. <laughs> also, thank God for Greg. Yes. Yes. Uh, Greg, this is this is a great example of like why Greg needs to be a fixture in Steven's life because one, gems don't know how to parent and two, they live in a world so far removed from humanity that uh, like th it's hard for Steven to relate to them. He loves yeah. them but like there are t like I don't think he would feel as burdened with you know purpose if he was just still living under Greg's roof. Yeah, and they're they're trying to pick up more human things, especially under Stephen's influence. The the house for crabs. <laughs> We're building a tiny house for crabs, which was adorable. Oh my god! Oh, I love you. So yeah, just cute things. And speaking of fathers, let's swing into the next episode. Let's talk about Doug out a little. Uh, can I just say I that love I love Doug Maheshwaran. Can I do? I just say that I would listen to Crispin Freeman do anything. He has such dulcet tones that like it's always a joy to hear him in anything. And I really like him in this episode, just trying to be a cool dad. See, I hear him most often in Overwatch at this point, <laughs> and that's usually when there's a Winston on the opposite team, and I'm running away from those dulcet tones because they. <laughs> Are trying to kill me <laughs> and i am a support character with 200 hit points and no shield uh <laughs> but i i like that we we have another example of a person who who doesn't live a larger than life you know career life. you know uh and he's and at the end of the day the thing that matters to him is you know his daughter thinking the world of him and i think that's it's super endearing and sweet yeah, and just having little very human inadequacies about, well, my job's not cool like your mother's, and I don't do really cool things like you do, and I'm just kind of your goofy dad. Like, you need a goofy dad, though. <laughs> this is a series that really, really needs its goofy dads. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and, and as an adult who also works in a cubicle, I totally get where he's coming from, too. I'm just like, I wish my life was exciting so I could impress my daughter. Like, that's really sweet. And relatable and just adorable and yeah and what it means to Connie to have that to have a goofy dad or more importantly just to have a dad that's there is yeah because yeah. both of her parents work and we've seen that a lot with her waiting to be picked up while she's at Stevens yeah and I it 
And we see what, you know, again, Stephen not living with his dad kind of does to a person who has, who's dealing with larger-than-life consequences. Yeah, no, Steven absolutely needs his dad. So this, this was a cute episode, and again, re-watching it after having seen the rest of this Steven bomb, the rest of it, Onion was being chased that entire time. And watching his body language and his gestures and trying to communicate like there's something after me, there's something big, something's wrong. And having Steven just be like, oh, it was because we were in disguise and it's okay. And I'm like, no, 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 Topaz was after him. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, and and at that point, we hadn't seen Topaz or Aquamarine either. They were just large, intimidating shadows. On rewatch? Knowing what he's trying to communicate and him being left behind anyway is horrifying. I will say Just that, like, horrifying. maybe walk him home. <laughs> yeah, maybe walk him, him home. Throw but... him in the car. Well, Onion is a very independent kid. Yeah. And when we have Sour Cream uh, two episodes later talking about, yeah, he's been missing for a few days, that it takes a few days for them to be like, hey, baby, we should hey. look for him. It tells me that this is not the first time that he's wandered off and you know he usually comes back within 48 and hours He's in all young. honesty with onion the less questions you ask the better but yeah, yeah being gone for several days is clearly longer than he's ever been gone away to the point where his parents are actually starting to get worried in onion type scenarios usually you worry about other people yeah rarely is he the one you have to be worried for. Well, in Onion's posters, I got a good look at them. They're wanted posters with missing scrawled on them in red pen. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I he think just has appropriated been... the wanted posters. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I did not catch that the first for a couple of times, actually. And then seeing that today, and just being like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Tiny it's things. the little things that make Steven Universe a million times better. So let's continue into the good Lars, which I enjoyed a lot. I like Lars. I like that they gave him things to do. I like that this is his little thing. He can bake. It is really freaking... If, if watching the Great British Baking Show has taught me anything, it is very difficult to make a good Swiss roll. I, I just love that this is a character who, in previous episode, we've abhorred, and that a lot of people just can't stand. And by the time we get to the end of, like, this, uh, this, you know, set of episodes that we're covering tonight, by the time we get to the end of it, you really see him grow and change and develop, you know, and... And I felt for him more in these episodes, I feel like, than I've ever felt for him throughout most of the series, with the exception of the time he was actually straight up body jacked. That was a messed up episode. Still still (laughs) is. That's still something that I am just not over. But I love that they talked about Ube. And that is actually a, not Polynesian, the Polynesian one is, uh, the Polynesian equivalent is taro root. Um, I think it's popular in the Philippines. But I like the, the comparison of sweet potato. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it kind of is. It's in that same family as the taro root and the sweet potato and the yam. And it's supposedly you can actually get uh, ube sweets down here. So we have to go find those. Now. Ooh. I if think, anybody knows where we can find those, please send them our way. Um, I think it's around Little Tokyo area. Cool. Let's, let's take a field trip. Yeah, no, just it, some little city in the middle of LA. But point being, yeah. it's given him something that he's good at, which we really haven't seen thus far in the series. And we we really unpack all of his insecurities and 
everything that he's anxious about. Yeah. Uh, and like Lars, no, Onion is obviously a different character, but Lars is like an onion in this scenario. And we're finally, layers. finally peeling back the layers, um, uh, you know, to, to a really big extent to the point where we really get to the core of his character in this set of episodes. He's afraid of things. He's afraid of looking stupid. He's afraid of failing. He's afraid of... And that's part of why he's stagnating so hard and his parents are worried about him. And this this happens with teenagers, y'all. This is not some crazy fantasy. Oh, he's special. Oh, he's different. Like, this happens a lot. And he's... He's afraid of people finding out that he's in love with Sadie. Like, that's a thing he almost straight up says and then stops himself. Um, Because, yeah, when when you actually say it out loud, it makes it real. It's just like, uh, no. So we have Lars doing this and then trashing his own cake and leaving, which is just the saddest. You made it Uh, to the front door. He made it to the front door and just couldn't work up the courage to knock on the door, which it's great actually getting to see um, the perspective of the cool kids who genuinely like Lars and he can't get over his own insecurities enough to see that they actually do genuinely like him. He says something immediately thinks bongo it's, bongo bingo yeah, bongo bingo bongo immediately thinks it's the stupidest thing that could have ever possibly come out of his mouth and the other kids are like oh, that's awesome yeah but, but I would have never thought transcendent <laughs> so he said this thing bingo bongo it was transcendent and, and I'm just like wow I, I like what Sadie has to say too they're they're cool and we've gotten to know this um, because we've gotten to know each of these characters as individual people as well over the course of the series she realizes they're cool. Not just the cool kids, just cool people. Well, and she was nervous to go in there, too. Like, Lars was kind of, Lars and Steven were going to kind of be her shield because, oh, no, they're friends, and I'm just, I'm the friend of the friend that's tagging along. Well, she's got a lot of insecurities as well, too. And then Lars isn't there, and Steven leaves to go find him, and she's sitting on the beanbag going, oh, God. I feel Great, this is hell. (laughs) Which, and her fitting in because they're all musical people. Yeah. And it's so nice to yeah. see. It's so nice to see characters like Lars and Sadie get, po- you know, receive positive affirmation for being who they are. Yeah. It's it's really nice. And just, I, I need a gif of this. If anyone can find a gif of sour cream going, yay, and turning the lights off and throwing a handful of glue sticks out <laughs> of his pocket. Like... <laughs> I need that in my life. So if someone wants to throw it in the hashtag or put that on Twitter for me, like, I need it. Yay! It's wonderful. Now I don't have to do the dishes! And I'm like, yeah, that's not just a teenager sentiment. That That is an everyone sentiment. And papered plates are very important at a potluck. Yes. Yes, they are. I do like that they point out that, you know, the thing that grown-ups do, only we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do we have anything else to talk about on this one aside from both Lars and Sadie getting jacked? <laughs> Stephen, tr- I like Stephen trying really hard um, to get Lars to open up, and I like Sadie going, why can't I just make him happy? Oh, gosh, I'm like my, like my mom. <laughs> and it's it, Having I, that moment of self-awareness of like, wow. I've definitely had more than one moment of, oh, yeah, I'm my mother's daughter. Haven't we all? <laughs> sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's like, wait a minute. It's okay. This isn't about our issues. This is about their it's about issues. about other people's <laughs> issues. That's why we're on there. So let's 
swing into, I, I like the duality of this, both for the episode content and for the titles, Are You My Dad and I Am My Mom. And I absolutely wrote Are You My Mommy for the first oh one. Oh my God. Because Doctor Who is burned into my brain well, in more than one indelible Aquam- way. It doesn't help that Aquamarine has a little British accent. Are you my mommy? She is like little British schoolgirl Satan. Yeah. She's With wings. Horrifying. She is awful. She's just tiny and just. I'm the, not looking for oh, your so dad. I'm, I'm looking crying. for my dad. I'm so emotional. I'm crying. No, that's my gem. It's my gem. Ah! <laughs> like, I love her, but I want to put her through a brick wall. She's, She's terrible. Awful. She is absolutely awful. The only bit of saving grace that she has throughout these episodes is one, she does honor the agreement with Rose Quartz to an extent. She refuses yeah. to go back. Um, but also, she agrees to, and this is jumping ahead, but she agrees to, you know, not get Topaz in trouble. Or at least that's what she's saying in the here and now. I honestly think that both of those were matters of convenience for her yeah. because the "Hey, I'm Rose Quartz" is like I have caught, you know, a two ounce minnow. This is great, and then a fifteen pound salmon flops in your boat. You're like priorities, dibs, <laughs> and we're going with the salmon. So it doesn't make sense to go back. And the and, salmon is a war criminal. <laughs> and it, the salmon is a war criminal. I think I need that on a shirt. <laughs> no, no one needs no that con- on a shirt. No context theater. Um, yeah, so you don't do that, and after you've docked your boat and you're ready to go gut the salmon, you don't go back to throw back a minnow that was also sitting in your boat. Like, what's the point? Can we talk about how, like, intimidating it was to see a fusion used to capture people? That was some crazy body horror stuff. I was hold on to people. That was full-on body horror, and I was not expecting that, and it was pretty horrifying for Steven Universe, but that is the season finale. I, I I wouldn't necessarily call it body horror because the the uh, the gem the artificially created gem fusions were way more body horror than that. But this it is wasn't still body pleasant. Horror. There are pe- it, there are parts of people sticking out of other people. Like that yeah, is messed up. That was that weird. is some body horror. That was weird. And could you imagine not being able to talk because your 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 head is sticking out of someone's stomach? Yeah, that's weird. Thank God that every single time they refused, there was at least a mouth or a nose available for breathing purposes because, oh, 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 oh. Garnet, I've moved on! <laughs> and we also have, and this, I wrote this down because it just killed me. Our orders was to bring back these humans. Did they specify alive? Oh. Just like, okay, okay, we know your stripe. Like, Holy cow, Aquamarine is a I horrible I feel like the person. answer was yes, but because I don't know what good a bunch of dead humans gets well, you. <laughs> just remind me. My memory is perfect, but remind me anyway. Like, that is the point of, I'm making a point. Yeah, exactly. I have syndrome powers, and I'm making a point. You got me monologuing. <laughs> I need it. But yeah, Yeah. no, she was real intimidating, and I really liked the introduction of these two working in tandem. 
You know, and and, and again, Pearl freaking out about they must have come directly from the diamonds. Yeah, we get a this little a bit of insight mission. into uh, gem hierarchy if an aquamarine and a topaz have been uh, sent for this particular job, like special agents doing a milk run. And and not to mention, talk about little things. You know, talking about the little details coming back and actually having an impact on the plot later. This was like a throwaway line when paradox. Like 50 episodes when ago at Parada least. was still a bad guy. Uh, and it was just an offhanded comment made by Steven and it turned out to be terrible consequences for his friends. I feel like that was somewhere in the vicinity of like episode 40. So it's been almost 100 episodes since that went down. Uh, Malachroma, I love you. <laughs> uh, they gave me a gift. On Twitter. Uh, I'll, I'll bring it up. Yay! Give me a sec. Thank you. <laughs> and the caption is Torbjorn voice. Gifts here. Get your gift. <laughs> that is my best Keith Silverstein. It's not very good. Uh, <laughs> oh, it is a thing of wonder and beauty. <laughs> You're wonderful and I adore you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Malachroma. So yeah, that, that was glorious and horrifying. And I love that we just straight up have the list from Steven. Yeah. Like, that is messed up. <laughs> oh, I Sorry. Found, I found a Connie. I'm still looking at this game. It's pretty crazy. It will never stop. Oh, thank I you, know. Mark. <laughs> thank you, Malachroma. You're wonderful and we love you. Oh, but, my God. Yeah. It's here. Get your kids. <laughs> he does a better Keith Silverstein than I do. <laughs> yes. <Back to> Mark. <laughs> uh, but I don't like all this standing around. <laughs> Don't anyone oh. tell Keith we're doing this. Uh, <laughs> but um, but in terms of... And BGN Titan Avatar says, episode 44, Marble Madness. That was when this list was yeah. given. Thank you for that. Jeez, that Holy was butts. so long ago. <laughs> All right, we have like 20 minutes left, 25 if we really want to push it. So we should get into... The second Stephen bomb, which again, uh, his friends getting kidnapped uh, and and definitely put in peril. You definitely see a lot of him not only wanting to take responsibility for his mom's actions, but this is also him trying to make amends for putting them in harm's yeah. way unknowingly. And the self sacrifice and the blame and the kid, you really need to see a psychiatrist. Like, honey, uh, he, he honey. really needs a hug. Yeah, he do, He needs a, a hug. Definitely needs, a trip to a therapist. He needs a hug and he needs someone to talk to. So, yeah, we have stuck together because Lars was not smart enough to run towards the door. Uh, or was too dang terrified to run towards uh, the door. And again, I love what we have here is Sadie trying to help him, getting caught, and then when she asks him for help, he bolts. Yeah. And that it comes in complete contrast with what we see from him later once he acknowledges that it's okay to be afraid. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if anyone's ever actually told him that before. I don't think so, because I feel like he would have... He would be a different person at this point if someone at any point in time had acknowledged that it's okay to be insecure and scared <laughs> where we're all in this together sort of situation. 
Uh, Jonathan Pinion in chat says, I'm embarrassed to say that I did not notice Lars failed to escape. A lot was going on. There were a lot of things I mean, happening. Many a thing occurred in that episode. Like, there, yeah, rewatching it today, there were definitely a few things that were like, I missed that the first time around. Blue Diamond's emotion powers. I must have been looking away from the screen at the time because, <laughs> yeah, that was Jeez. a thing and it occurred. She so, made everyone cry. Yeah, that's that's yeah, it's next episode. So Lars, oh honey. And this has my favorite and worst aquamarine line of look, I'm so moved, I'm crying. No, that's my gem. Like <laughs> But I love that them coming having this heart to heart because they're they're stuck together. Um, and this is when we we really do get to the core of Lars's character. Um, and Steven acknowledging that he's scared and doesn't want to sacrifice himself but he will um and ultimately failed in that because Lars is there too like seeing Steven scared can allow Lars to be brave in this moment as yeah. well and that in this moment they moved Topaz to tears who's she been has, a stoic mask this whole time she has the best voice and the best personality and i just want to hug she her. has such a sweet voice and sweet you would, baby angel you would never you would never guess that from the stoic appearance and from her stone cold silence yeah and then they assume well she can't hear us she has those earmuffs on those are I, lars i understand why you think that but steven you know those are her gems right but she's not responding she can't hear you if she can't hear then why is she responding to what aquamarine is saying exactly like part of me's like apply logic and part of me's like terrified 14 year olds so i'll give you that but just the you know we need to stick together i'm sorry that i did this well i'm sorry that i did this well i'm here for you and her just being like Topaz wouldn't know what to do if she didn't have Topaz. <laughs> bless you, bless you, bless you. And she finds these missions miserable because this is her job or their job, however you want to put it, is to fuse but always have someone else in the middle, uh, which has got to be super uncomfortable. Yeah. And never being able to express the way you feel because there is always someone else there. And gems aren't exactly super sentimental, as Aquamarine points well, out. Yeah, Aquamarine turning around, that's the problem with you fusions. You get sentimental because being a fusion is being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so this is just, it's awful for her because it's like, nah, we're just using your relationship to and, whatever. And again, for, for gems, you know, every gem is made for a specific purpose. And if your purpose is to literally, like, use your body to capture other people and subdue other people, like, that can't imagine there's a whole lot of, you know, fulfillment in that sort of gig. And I think what got me, and I, I just, <laughs> the one thing that I wish had happened, and I feel like it's almost a character misstep, is when Topaz grabs Aquamarine and has the disruptor, and Aquamarine goes, well, what are you going to do? Walk back to the diamonds with my gem in your head? Like, I feel like that's the point where Steven should have been like, you can join us on Earth, it'll be great! And then we could have bubbled Aquamarine and turned the ship around. Like, I feel like that's something that he would have said. And I also feel like this is a moment where we needed this plot to happen as it was. Yeah. And so that didn't occur. But that's just this little bit that bothers me. I agree wholeheartedly. Or maybe he was burned after Navy. I don't know. I... I, <laughs> that's I, a little I, sociopath. Well, I mean, she was helping them escape. Yeah. But, uh, I mean... 
asking her to do all those things. De- like, it'd be one thing to say, oh, they escaped. Oh, no. Like, I don't know how this happened. I unfused for a second and then boom, like, they escaped. Like, she could have come up with some sort of excuse if given the time. But Aquamarine but, like, knowing. But Aquamarine knowing and then having the, tr- having, like, no choice but to go to Earth and be a rebel for the rest of your life. Like, that's a huge choice for two people to make and it's one that they just couldn't do and especially i i feel like i i agree with you 100 i feel like steven should have said it like we will welcome you on earth with open arms like that there's still no guarantee yeah she was gonna help these two but she can't trust the gems on earth yeah so, that's true like especially so, since her last appearance was body horror katamari and leaving yeah exactly so and you know again being a personal envoy of the diamonds they would have no reason to trust her especially yeah. since they've tried trusting other gems before and it's sometimes it's worked out and sometimes it hasn't yeah a few things i want to point out from chat uh green decepticon saying aquamarine is scarier than her own diamonds eh, debatable but I'll give you that. She's horrifying. She's, she's a tiny little horrifying creature. She's like a rabid chihuahua with the bite pressure of a uh, bulldog. Well, she, Things you don't mess she with. She was able to stop Alexandra in her tracks. That's, that's unfair. She that's is no OP. easy feat. But that's also why she's probably one of the personal diamonds and tenants. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Gianni uh, M2 says you're allowed to think, but only if it fits the frame the framework within which you live. The gem society in a nutshell. And uh, Catherine Nguyen says, so Rose and Steven's plan of attack, friendship all of the fusions to incite revolution. <laughs> Comment edited for air, we're trying to keep this at the level of the show, but know that I love you. <laughs> and Malachroma saying, we're going to end this show with Steven have like 20 different immortal multicolored moms. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm down. So yeah, yeah. BGN Titan Avatar OP, please nerf. Uh, nerf this. Should we go ahead and move on into the meat? Let's uh, talk like, about yeah. the trial. Holy cow! Holy actual butts! I love Blue Zircon. I love she. Oh my god, she's my favorite. I love that you pointed out that the uh, the voice actress is the same person who does the voice of Princess Carolyn in BoJack Horseman, and she she's was beautiful, perfect for this part. Oh, so good. It's just great. And just this poor harried defense attorney assigned to defend Rose Quartz, who shattered Pink Diamond. Worst case. Worst case ever. And both of our gems are on the line. Do they just murder their losing attorneys? Is that I, what happens? I have. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, hey, we're going to assign you to defend the war criminal who murdered uh, one of our leaders. Uh, also- In front of the people still grieving over her death. Also, when you inevitably lose, because we're rooting for you to lose, uh, we will kill you too. That's your that's your job. Yeah. <laughs> that is I your know. function. Uh, Jonathan Pinion says the bit of her banging her head on the pillar is outstanding. It really yep. is. Yeah, that's just one of those life has gotten away from me. Oh my god! Well, just every yeah. bit of like stop talking. <laughs> And just, you want so hard, you want so much for this to go well, and then the other person in this just does not hold up their end of the bargain. I loved Eyeball as a witness. Uh, I am now questioning what it is that Eyeball saw. You, we, we've discussed this. Rubies are not hard to trick, but I'm sitting here going, like, with the conspiracy theory that's laid out by the time this trial is wrapped up, uh, 
I'm willing to believe that Eyeball knows a lot more than she's actually saying. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people know more than they're saying. And I loved Zircon just going on and talking about it doesn't make any sense. How did she get there? She was a known rebel and a known traitor. There were no... Thank you. I appreciate this, Mark. Hold it! She was a known rebel and traitor. There were no rose quartzes anywhere nearby. They'd all been removed, which sucks for all the other rose quartzes. Like, I was doing my job, and then she messed it up for everyone. Like, how did she get past the guards? How did she get that close? Pink Diamond would have stopped and come outside... For someone she trusted, for someone with authority. Her guards would have let a trusted person by. Rose Quartz doesn't fit any of that. Turning around and accusing the diamonds is not a very good survival tactic. No. I like, I get being super passionate, but I also get like, ooh, honey. I, I will say Ugh. that I know a lot of people in the Steven Universe fandom have long been kind of theorizing that because it runs contrary to everything we know about Rose Quartz. But... I always thought it was interesting that somebody like Rose Quartz would compromise such a core value for her in order to do what was best for the Earth. And I thought that was a very compelling character trait. But the way it's laid out... And so I never questioned it. I was like, okay, she shattered Pink Diamond. The only thing I questioned was whether or not she did it or whether it was actually Pearl because of the way Pearl reacted to to that news being dropped on Steven. Um... There have been a few Pearl might have done it theories going around. But here, we throw that out, too. Unless she was Pink Diamond's Pearl. I don't know. That's part of the theories that I'm seeing is that she was Pink Diamond's Pearl and that she snuck in Rose Quartz's gem in her Pearl because Pearls have item storage. It's a thing. It's, It's also possible that, like... So, yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about, like, the possibility of each of the diamonds having done it. And we've never <clears throat> seen White Diamond. We don't know a dang thing about her. I, I'm i inclined... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I am inclined to to go ahead and say Blue Diamond's fairly innocent. I feel like that's... that's But... She's too wrecked not to be. Yeah. And Yellow Diamond is so ready for this trial to be over. But I feel like Yellow Diamond is the easy answer. I feel like both Yellow Diamond and White Diamond are the easy answer. Because one, we haven't seen White Diamond. We don't know anything about her. And Yellow Diamond is her knee-jerk reaction to everything that has happened with Pink Diamond has been anger and action. She wants the Earth to die because that's where pink diamond died uh we we see that she feels genuine emotion for having lost pink diamond but is that sorrow or is that remorse like or is it a little bit of both um i i'm inclined to my theory is that it's white diamond but again that's that's pretty cut and dry as it's presented to us and for a show throwing us this curveball uh, and, you know, pointing the finger at the diamonds, I'm willing to think that there's a little bit more to it than just, oh, White Diamond did it because she's our, she's secretly been our big bad all along. Objection! Wow. <laughs> Hi, real quick. Mark, do you have a theory? I do. Go for it. I think Yellow Diamond being the culprit explains the cluster. Destroying yeah. any and all evidence of her attack on Pink Diamond. It would make sense. Quick, yeah. quick, easy to the point. There's theories that uh, Pearl was White Diamond's Pearl. Ooh. There's there's just all sorts of stuff. And I think we're looking at this. I'm looking at this like I look at Kingdom Hearts. We have some information. 
We do not have all of the information. We're not even close to having all of the information. We have a little bit. But the thing is, is that the gems don't have all the information, too. Yeah, I'm willing to believe that Pearl knows a lot more than she's letting on. But Garnet straight up told Steven, yes, Rose Rose Quartz shattered Pink Diamond because she did a lot of things that, you know, that she didn't necessarily believe in. But at the end of the day, she always did what was best for Earth. And the question for that is, like, Garnet believes that, did Pink Diamond shattering happen before or after Ruby and Sapphire fell out of Blue Diamond's service? I have no idea. Who knows? So that might just be the going thing among Homeworld Gems, because we also see that the going thing among Homeworld Gems is that Earth is just wrecked. Which actually makes a lot of sense because they don't want other gems who are unhappy escaping to Earth and finding that it's a free gem paradise. Like, I had a moment <laughs> that it's you know a place for refugees refugems for off colors no refugems boo eh boo so oh, that one was fine that one was great <laughs> i liked it so let's let's talk a little bit about those off colors we've managed to escape in the madness we get picked up by the off colors before we get murdered by robots i love them they're the adorable. jurassic park reference <laughs> Blast. I think that movie was about dinosaurs. If we stand perfectly still, they won't see us. I think I saw it in a movie once. I think that movie was about dinosaurs. <laughs> Clever girl. Like, oh, honey, you tried. Oh, he tried so hard. And oh. I, I love it. We have Rhodonite, who is our two-gem fusion. We have Fluorite, who is our six-gem fusion and is a literal orgy. Uh, we <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Language of the show, Katie. Like, I can because it's eight people. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, Rutile, who is something of a, a split, and Pad Paracha, who is kind of sapphire-ish, but only sees things when or slightly <laughs> after they happen. God Steven's bless, back! God bless <laughs> Pad Paracha. She is some of the best la- the best humor in those last two episodes. Like, everything's going crazy, and then she'll just be like, Steven's back, or we're about to be found! And the earnestness of her delivery is just incredible. She's wonderful and I love her. God bless. She's wonderful. She's adorable. But honestly, they're all really endearing. Like, uh, I, I, what was the name of the twins? Twins. Sorry. Uh, Rutile? Yeah. I like them a lot too. Like, they are fantastic. The bit that got me was, am I a zombie? Like, you're not a zombie. Thank the stars. What's a zombie? (laughs) (laughs) Which was amazing. Bless you. And we also had, don't beat yourself up like that, Lars. That's what the killer robots are for. (laughs) (laughs) There is some beautiful, beautiful writing in these lines. I just, I, yeah, it was all wonderful. It's it's always, and I mean, these are the first gems we see on Homeworld. Like, the really, the, this is the first time we've ever been to Homeworld. One, two, we only get a teeny glimpse of the surface before we immediately have to move underground for safety's sake. So Homeworld is still a really big mystery. And, and the underground of Homeworld is a kindergarten that has been used to the hilt. Mm-hmm. So that is a thing. Yep. Um, and... You know, these are gems that also stick their necks out for other gems because yeah. off colors have to stick together. Yeah, oh. and we, we couldn't just leave them there. They were about to be scanned. And Lars is invisible to the Robinoids. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a gem, so it doesn't matter. Well, and him just 
kicking into high gear after he and Stephen have that little moment of it's okay to be afraid and just kind of the manly chest touching. I, I love that, again, you know, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's acting in spite of your fear. Yeah. I like that they had that same lesson without repeating that same sentiment. Yeah. Um, and that it's acknowledging it's okay to be afraid where he's finally able for the first time ever in his life to be proactive. Yeah, and just watching him go at it and tackling the machines and hitting them with spikes and throwing rocks and just and putting himself over Rodanite to cover both of her gems, like well, wow! And it's interesting that he's always of you know he's always been afraid of how he appears to other people, and in this instance, he's invisible and he can use that to actively help other people he's a freaking ninja yeah as far as this goes and it is fantastic and he dies for it this is the straight up first time that we have had a death of a human character on on screen character death on screen named recurring character death Holy cow! I I like if we if we wanted season five if we wanted to split hairs I'd be willing to say okay he wasn't dead yet his heart stopped and Stephen just happened to get to him right in time but this is definitely the most deadly thing that has happened to any given person that we've seen on screen and for for a second if it wasn't for Stephen's healing tears he'd be gone he'd be gone one hundred percent although. Holy cow, is this what Rose's Tears does to dead organic life? Or is this what Rose's Tears... Yeah, I guess so, because Rose is... Because um, Stephen used... Uh, Stephen was able to heal Connie's eyesight, and she hasn't had, you know, any pink skin. And that was just Stephen's spit. Yeah. So, like, this is... Yeah, Rose Quartz had the ability to bring organic life back from the dead. Holy cow. And it's one thing to be able to manipulate plant life. It's a completely different thing for a sentient creature. Oh, yeah. And so we have Lars is now lion. He went full anime. He's got a scar. He's got white hair. (laughs) He's literally pink. And just that realization of, oh, he's alive. Oh, what's happening? No, humans don't change color like this. This dimension is connected to Lion. We can go through. We and Lars opting. Lars has to stay because he can't go through his own head. And everyone else opting to stay with him because no, we know this place. We know we'll find another way to Earth now that we know that we can and that we'll be able to live there as ourselves. Did Stephen just make him immortal? Maybe I don't know. He but definitely yeah. just changed the game because as long as Lars is alive. They have a full-on portal into homeworld. They do. They don't have to worry about getting shipped. They don't have to worry about travel time. They don't have to worry about anything like that. But the flip side of that is we have to keep Lars alive. And now that he doesn't really have to eat or sleep or anything, it's better because ah, homeworld doesn't cater to organics. I will say something that is still up in the air is whether or not Lars will be able to get the power to teleport like Lion does. Lion can create those portals where he can travel through across long distances. Maybe not from homeworld to Earth, but definitely long to get to the moon. It did so long, definitely long distances. I'm just imagining Lars doing a heavy metal scream to make that now. <laughs> I mean, maybe. That would be nuts. I have no idea. Um, Malachroma, who has all sorts of fun things to say in chat. You're just on fire tonight. 
says, Rose quartzes have so many weird powers. What did Pink Diamond intend them for? That is a great question because bodyguarding quartzes are are generally like we think of jaspers. Uh, So like, yeah, to typically be the muscle. But yeah, whatever, I guess, I don't know. Lots of questions. Yeah. Lots of questions. We know that there were a good chunk of rose quartzes made. I wonder if they weren't supposed to be generals of some sort because they can heal gems because they can work with organic matter, which I'm not sure if that was known when they were created. Just, yeah, they have a lot of disparate talents if the rose quartz we know is anything like any of the others. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Pink Diamond was the one going out and terraforming worlds, so it makes sense. Yeah. Well, we are really super low on time. I just want to say that you brought me back to life. Let me be someone who deserved it. Killed me. Also with honest-to-God hugs. Oh, that was so great. Coming back and Greg and Connie being on this trip that the gems are trying to take, that they're trying to get a dropship fix, that they're trying to figure out what to do, and Pearl back and forth and back and forth. Oh, hi, Steven. We're never going to make this. What? Also, apparently Lars doesn't really super need to eat or drink anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I'm worried. Convenient now that he's on Homeworld. Very convenient, but also very unsettling. Yeah, well, pink magic, kind of not zombie, (laughs) very slow heartbeat. Yeah, you just kind of roll with it, because who knows otherwise. Uh, Yeah. The the only other thing I want to... I just want to throw out there real quickly, kind of goes back to the trial, is that there's actually a theory going around right now that actually Pink Diamond orchestrated her own... Her own murder. Her own demise, you know, and that Rose Quartz takes the fall of it as a political statement. Like, they... Spoilers, they went full code gayos on it. (laughs) Um, to, To make a statement about the Earth and about what gems on the Earth are, you know, what they represent. And the last thing I want to say is I really want to see how telling everyone, yeah, Lars is on a different planet and can't come back right now. Oops. Is going to go down, especially with Sadie and with his parents. Yeah. So we are short on time. These episodes were amazing. We will look at the iTunes reviews next time, but thank you to everyone who left. And we'll give we you our shout outs next time. Please continue to do those. That is how we stay on the air and how other people find this podcast. We are back the first Thursday of every month, provided that episodes aired during the preceding month. So if we have episodes in June, we'll be back the first Thursday of July. In the meantime, Megan, where can the people find I'm Megan. You? Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on all the social medias and YouTube at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you want to talk with us, throw stuff into our Twitter hashtag ABTVSU. We do check that throughout the month. We'd be happy to talk with you. Tune into the other AfterBuzz shows. They're all wonderful. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Are you my dad? The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 